listen to any of the German soccer podcasts that are readily available online or even Schalke America, the only English-speaking Schalke podcast out there. This is Dani Caligiuri. Hello from Gelsenkirchen to all the Schalke Americans. Blau und Weiß sein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute, wie geht's? Willkommen zum das einzige Schalker Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the only English-speaking podcast worldwide. This is episode 96 of Shock America. Uh, Shock fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to English-speaking fans of the club, get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. I'm your host, Richard Carmen, and as always, joining me on the show is co-host Jack Mangan. How you doing, brother? I'm doing. I'm doing all right. Uh, quite a bit to talk about. Uh, I'm so glad that we postponed our podcast from from Monday until tonight, which was definitely because we had inside information on what was going on and not because <laughs> I was under the weather at all. Um, it'll, but, it'll uh, have time for this to come in too. Look at that. Hey, that's true. Got it. Got to plug that merch right at the top. Why don't you talk about that for a sec? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we've heard, we, we obviously have been, well, at least I've been donning some, uh, some shock gear. I got, I got the jersey, I got the, the hooded sweatshirt here around here somewhere, but a lot of people are asking about it, you know, and, uh, you know, asking whether we're gonna have merchandise or not. And we are, we actually are, are, are selling some of our merchandise now. Uh, it's really easy to get to go to teespring.com slash South America. Uh, you'll find it there as T E E S P R I N G.com slash South America. Uh, we got all kinds of stuff there. Um, there's some free Katuchu stuff in there. Some other stuff that so if you're not for the movement, uh, this is just the beginning. We'll get more, more to come. Um, Jack, there's some leggings in there if you like as well, I guess. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. And so, uh, yeah, here's the mug and, uh, yeah, we got some more gear coming around and yeah, uh, definitely check it out. Uh, support the podcast. So how are you? I'm doing well. Just trying to, just trying to wrap my head around, um, everything that's kind of transpired in the last. 24 to 48 hours or so because there's there's quite a lot of moving pieces um both organizationally and then also in terms of the uh the players on the field and everything so quite a lot to quite a lot to get to yeah um we're gonna spend the whole podcast talking about the freiburg no i'm just kidding we're not at all we're not uh we'll talk about briefly about that uh but we got some other things uh at the club that are a little bit more pressing to talk about so that's gonna dominate the headlines of our of our show tonight but let's get that freaking freiburg match out of the way jack uh not a pretty game at all. Four nothing. We lose uh, goals mm -hmm. in the first half uh, from Walt Schmidt uh, in the twentieth, and then Schmidt in the thirty eighth made it two nothing at halftime. And then coming out of the break uh, in the forty sixth minute, Holler uh, gets one, and then in the fifty seventh minute, Walt Schmidt again with his brace makes it four nothing. We were utterly incompetent in that match. Um, I mean, not much to talk about. I mean, the players who started in this game, uh, the lineup was Nubel uh, started off with Timo Becker, Ozan Kabak. Bastian Ochipka, Juan Miranda, uh, midfield of Alexander Schoff, Weston McKinney, Daniel Caligiri, and our man Chan Bazduan. And then up top, you had Katuchu and Matando. Man, uh, I mean, we also had some appearances by Rahman, Bujala, uh, Malik Tiao, but uh, yeah, it didn't matter who was in there. Uh, it was not a pretty picture. Freiburg just embarrassed us. Yeah, they did. Uh, it's another, uh, you know, 04 for us unfortunately uh thank goodness hoffenheim rather unexpectedly did the same thing to dortmund as well uh just so at least they were in the same boat i think did kramerich have all four goals in that one i think, I think it was did. something nuts yeah, anyway uh yeah it, i was disappointed in the result against freiburg just because been a you know a dismal second half as we are all well aware uh, and you would hope that there would at least be some sort of reaction at the very end um, to give the fans something to hold on to as we head into yeah. the summer break. It's kind of, I mean, it's hard to blame them for, for that not transpiring. You know, I think everyone was just kind of wanting to, to finish this up as soon as possible and get on to summer vacation and everything. But uh, yeah, disappointing, uh, especially so because it wasn't even as if Wagner came out and played exclusively young kids. I mean, there's a lot of players in that starting 11, at least at the beginning of the match. Uh, that have featured for us all season long. So yeah. um, in that sense, the result was even more disappointing. I actually don't think we looked bad going forward 
in this one. Uh, we were bad at the back, obviously, but I thought we were okay going forward. We just couldn't convert for whatever reason. If you look at the shot statistics, they're actually fairly similar to what uh, Freiburg accomplished. Just, you know, they were far more efficient than we were, and obviously we weren't able to convert anything. So, um, yeah, diff- disappointing way to to close out a disappointing uh, second half of the season. And with that result, uh, officially uh, 16 games, winless uh as as we've said we, we beat gladbach to start the rook runda and that was the last victory um at least in bundesliga play that we uh we had for the rest of the uh the rest of the season um yeah definitely yeah. didn't expect that after the gladbach match we were we were feeling pretty good about things and uh just didn't work out that way unfortunately but uh time for the club to really take a hard look at itself in the mirror and uh try to find a way to um I mean, I don't even know if you can say improve on this performance next season just because of the situation we're going to be in. It's going to be hard to potentially even maintain this level of performance, but I guess we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and it's so much to get into, and let's 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 do this baby steps. Uh, first things first uh, with the performance. Many questioned. Um, and we we've heard from Schneider before that you know, hey, Wagner's my guy. We're going to continue with him going to next season. We saw that performance, and many people were wondering uh, would Wagner make it through, uh, remain as as manager. Um, all that whilst the uh, the Tony Raus uh, chants kept growing louder and louder and louder. And then, you know, luckily, maybe we had insider, insider information. Uh, you know, I'm not going to comment on that. But uh, we delayed our podcast and then the news broke on Monday. Uh, Tony's is out. Um, and who is to replace him? Many, many wondered because there was really no statement at first. This guy, Jens Bukta. Uh, he, he is actually was a deputy director uh, just behind, just underneath Tony's, um, and so many people wondering who who the heck is he? Um, and so he's Doctor been, Doctor Jens Bukta, mind you. Pardon me, Doctor Jens Bukta. <laughs> Bukta. Uh, yeah, so many people wonder who he is. Uh, nobody, not too many people are familiar with him, at least here and at least stateside or uh, this side of the pond, I should say. Um, he's been with the club since 2006. Uh, he's a lawyer, if that helps anything. Um, it's been said that you know the club's not been not been very transparent through the years, and it seems like mostly it's been Tony's and and uh, and Lang. Um, let me get his name. I, I can't remember his first name. Just slipped in my, slipped my mind. Anyway, those two were the ones making all the decisions, and then they would occasionally refer to Bukta to make you know the, all the drastic decisions. But um, he's a 57 year old. He's a he's a lawyer. Uh, has experience in um, I think it was a, a commercial law. Uh, so I mean, he knows he knows the the business side of things and how to handle a crisis. That's what is. I mean, he works for a bank, um, a, a firm, I should say. Uh, so he kind of knows how to get through these kind of things. Um, I guess that's a good thing for us. Um, many people wondered. Uh, I mean, nobody's not many people have really heard of him, really. And I mean, what are your thoughts when you heard it, heard a name? I mean, obviously, it took it took probably a couple hours before the name came out, but uh, the board unanimously voted for him. And he was a deputy director, and there's going to be another vote in July for a whole new a bunch of people are leaving. Uh, so, what are you, what are your thoughts on all of this mess? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, I'm not particularly familiar with him either, uh, just because I'm not probably as tuned in as I should be to all the individuals who are actually running the club. Uh, but yeah, been a member of the supervisory board since 2006, I believe, became deputy chairman uh, in 2012. And so to that end, I mean, if 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 the motivation behind Tony's was simply that he just doesn't represent the values of the club, and we need to get him out specifically, then fine. If it was more in the sense that there needs to be larger institutional change, then maybe some people aren't going to be particularly happy about the vice chairman just stepping into that role. Um, you know, you're getting rid of Clemens Tunney's and you're putting in essentially his his VP. Um, it's not maybe the kind of drastic change in direction that some people uh, would have wanted, but obviously I can't I can't speak to that as well as I'd like to just because I don't know a whole lot about him in general. Um, but yeah, a big move and and something that maybe read the statement from the ultras on on the last podcast. Strong words from them. There were there were kind of demonstrations and, and protests and signs hung up around the area. Um, the a chain of fifteen hundred people outside the stadium before the match, uh, protesting Tony's. So, yeah, not insignificant. I mean, that's a small percentage of you sure. know the overall membership, but that's that's still a, a decent number of people. Um, and yeah, and it's clear that pressure just got too great in the head to make that. That move. So, um, to everybody who wanted that, um, congratulations! You've uh, you've won that fight, and and now hopefully, what's going on, Avaki? As we uh, see the the comment from one of our listeners and, and Twitter followers, um, 
it's it's just, it's it's a good it's a good thing in the sense that to the extent that we that we thought that people in charge weren't living up to our values and weren't running the club properly some some change has been made but uh in terms of a you know a clear plan of action um a lot of that still kind of remains to be seen at this point and many question we'll get to some of the comments and questions here because that's going to dominate most of this podcast uh we're questioning you know if you just got through the Tonys, what does it do anything? You still have the rest of the supervisory board are pretty much on the same page with him. And so it depends on how you fall on this. You know, we're not going to say one, one way or the other. It's just, uh, you know, we don't want to comment on something we're not fully aware of and don't have all the details for. Uh, but, but what I do want to say is uh, moving on is um, it wasn't only to- Tony's uh, Tony's out and, and book the in was dominating the headlines. You know, there's obviously the whole shock had a big meeting with, uh, you know, uh, Alexander Jobs was was there, um, Schneider, as was Wagner. And so they all had something to say. Uh, and uh, here's a picture of Alexander Jobs. And he said part of what this, I'll give you a, a synopsis of what he was, what he said in this uh, press conference. Uh, was it today? I guess it was. Um, he talked about the resignation of Tony's and how the board feel. And, and basically what he said was uh, he didn't want to leave. Uh, didn't want to throw people under the bus or anything. He just started, it was a pretty standard business, you know, and I'll, we regret that he, he has left, but it's a unanimous decision, blah, 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 blah. Um, they also, he also talked about the club's image over the past few weeks. And really, it's been the past several months, honestly, uh, since the whole, uh, the, the whole racist comment that um, Tony's made back in, what, August it was. Uh, and then over the last few weeks, it certainly hasn't gotten any better with the whole corona, coronavirus outbreak in one of Tony's plant. Um, the official, by the way, the official statement that the reason why he's leaving is because he wants to focus on his on the on his business to make sure that they get out of the crisis they're at. But we know the real reason. Um, so there's that. Uh, Alexander Job also talked about transparency. Uh, we t- just talked about a few minutes ago. You know, back in back when drastic uh, decisions had to be made, it was just three guys: Bukta, Tonys, and and Lang uh, who made all the decision. It wasn't really involved in the supervisory board fully and definitely not the fans weren't involved in any of that stuff so alexander jobs talked about how you know there's no trust in in the hierarchy of, of Schalke at the moment and he really wants to rebuild that trust uh and part of how you can do that is being transparent with the club or with the with the fans and anytime any kind of decision is going to be made or restructure they're going to let the fans know so that everyone's on the, so they understand what's going on and we're not doing anything in secrecy so i i i, I agree 100 with that uh, he also talked about the structure of the club um, he said that, you know, with this whole coronavirus thing, it, it really gave Schalke an opportunity to restructure the club, maybe put a, a quote unquote a salary cap uh, on the club with not giving players more than two and a half million euros, uh, I think a year, I guess it is. Um, and that, that means a wage cut and means uh, losing some players, which we'll get to later. Uh, but yeah, he said that, you know, they're going to focus on the youth um, and some of that I agree with, uh, you know, the salary cap portion. I'm not sure. No, no team in the Bundesliga does that. So we're going to be the first to do that. You know, if, if this is what, if you were to believe what he says. And lastly, he talked about the financial situation, of the club and how dire it was or is. Um, and we weren't exactly sure what the exact numbers were. Uh, but we, what we found out was that uh, before this whole pandemic, before, mind you, uh, we were 197 million euros in debt. That's uh, ridiculous. We were spending more than we than we're, than money we're making. Uh, and then after all this coronavirus stuff, we're now at 225 million euros in the hole, or maybe 250 now. I I, I lost track. Um, we're deep in the hole, and and we have to figure ways how to get that money back. Um, and it could mean you know selling players or anything. But uh, you know, based on what Jobst was saying uh, in the conference, what are your thoughts on on, on all that? The transparency point, I think, is is a, is a big one, and and something that will certainly help to repair goodwill between the fan base and the organizational higher ups if it's followed through on uh because at the end of the day that that's mostly all we can ask for to some extent is just that you know they're being honest with us and being forthright about the situation we're in and are involving fans in the decisions um to the extent that that makes sense um yeah, I mean, if if Tony said he was leaving because he needs to go focus on you know his, his other businesses, that, yeah, yeah, that's kind of a BS excuse. We all know that's not the case, um, and if it is, it's a strange reason to leave now anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's I, I struggle with this just because I, I feel like until we 
actually see more substantive action put into place. It's hard to kind of judge anything based on what they're saying at the moment. Yeah. Um, the salary cap thing, I've actually seen some people come out in support of that, thinking that's a positive change. I'd have to do some more thought about that in terms of how I feel about it. Um, it's positive in balancing the books for sure. For yeah, sure. It, it's just, you know, it, it, and that's maybe we need to be realistic about the situation we're in, that we're not the team we used to be. Yeah. Um, we're probably not going to be in Europe anytime soon. Um, and so we kind of need to put that behind us. But from the perspective of a club that kind of feels like it should be fighting for Europe, it's going to be hard to attract the kind of talent necessary to get the results to qualify if you have uh, a salary cap and can't um, pay some larger numbers on the books to, to bring people in that can really make a difference in your squad. Not saying it can't be done. Um, it's not unheard of to have a salary cap. I, and it, I, might make, I might be making this up, but I thought Leipzig at some point had something similar. Maybe not right now, but at some point. In the I know past. they had a policy um, of not signing anyone over twenty three. I knew that one, but I there may have been a salary cap two thing for all uh, for all I know. I could be I could be making that up, but yeah, it, it is it is an odd move. It, it's an odd move for a club of Schalke's stature. But I mean, if that's what needs to happen, that's what needs to happen. Um, I, I think part of the problem with this whole financial breakdown of the club is partially the context that it takes place in, right? Because Gelsenkirchen, that whole area is more of a blue collar area as as it is, and so the mismanagement of that kind of wealth like millions and millions of dollars i think is kind of even more of a slap to the face of the fans than it otherwise would be if it was in a more you know white collar area but you know the, the very widely and you know well-known values that are expressed to the club of you know of hard work and all that kind of stuff it sort of flies in the face of that you know even more and it kind of makes it sting that much more so um you know hopefully they can they can get this under control and uh make some changes to the way they're running their business and try to live within their means a little bit more and uh, I guess, well, like I said, we'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see. Because, I mean, is the salary cap even official yet, or are they just talking about that? They were just talking about it in the press conference. And, you know, part of the, the restructuring uh, or, or chance to restructure the club that Jobs was talking about, he said he even said uh, in, the, in the conference, and Schneider did as well, that, you know, they're going to have to probably sell some players to cut some wages. And they admitted that, you know, having a team that's uh, uh, that can compete to get to Europe is going to be very unlikely over the next couple seasons, you know, because yeah. – they're gonna they're gonna have to use the Knappen Schmiede. They're gonna have to use uh, free transfers and and low and low wage players. And you know, for a few years until the books get balanced and uh, and whatnot, then then maybe we can start spending some money again. But uh, that's he even said it outright, and so did Schneider. So you know, it's something we're gonna have to all. We've already embraced it for the last couple of years. We had no choice. Uh, probably a couple more years of this. I think uh, is gonna be in the books. Yeah, I think we need to completely forget about Europe for the time being. I think I think the the focus isn't whether or not we can achieve a european qualification spot it's more whether or not we can avoid a relegation spot um yeah. which i'm not trying to be doom and gloom and, and overly dramatic about it it's just that you know going into this season i think i projected that schalke would finish 10th i think we ultimately finished so. 12th if i if i'm correct um so even even looking at the squad that we had preseason, I, I didn't think it was particularly good and it looks like it is probably more likely to take a turn for the worse than for the better next season we'll see maybe maybe schneider can pull off some moves that um, that really make a lot of sense in, in, in good business and we get good value players in that can, yeah. that can uh, compete. But so much of the transfer strategy that we've seen in recent years is, um, you know, trying to acquire promising but cheap players from the Spider Bundesliga or elsewhere. And, you know, more often than not, these players don't pan out or at least aren't, aren't performing to the level that a club like Schalke would like them to, to get into the, you know, Champions League or Europa League spots. Um, and that kind of transfer strategy seems likely to continue just because we as we said we, we potentially have this salary cap now we don't have the money to go out and, and get big names anyway um maybe some of that will change if, if we're if we unload a couple players and bring in some money although i would assume that some of that money would probably be used you know um not just for squad planning but to help the club get out of the financial situation yeah, that it's in yeah, so it's not as yeah. if we if we sell weston mckinney or something which is one of the rumors that was going around um today apparently there's Hertha Berlin interest, although I, I doubt that he would make a move like that. I find it very hard to believe that McKenney would want to make that move. I think he's probably gonna want to go to the Premier League or take a step up rather than right, you know, a horizontal move like Hertha Berlin. Um yeah, but like you know, so even if we were to sell him for you know twenty million dollars, thirty million dollars, whatever it would be, um, I can't imagine that hundred percent of that is going to be used and reinjected back into the squad. It's gonna be siphoned off, siphoned off elsewhere, probably. Um yeah, so in, in that sense, our prospects, you know, don't look good, but we all just kind of have to be aware of that and know what we're in for um, next couple of seasons and kind of accept reality and just prepare for uh, what that could look like. So, yeah, and before I get to some of the comments here on YouTube, um, you know, 
part of it was, you know, in the past when we've gone to financial trouble, we reached out to Tony's to pay, uh, give us some money. Uh, but now he's not here. What do we do? Well, we, we did get an injection from the, um, some, some of the, one of the local jurisdictions or the local state, uh, was willing to give 40 million euros to help, you know, with the financial situation. There are some rumors that, you know, they only, they would only give it to it if, if Tony's left. There's no truth to that. This is, this is stuff that I've heard. I don't know if you heard it either, but, um, that was pretty interesting to me, but, um, yeah, that was, that was a huge story that, you know, the actual state of North Rhine Westphalia had to get involved in order to guarantee the loan. Mm-hmm. Um, because Schalke, you know, potentially isn't credit worthy enough to, 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 to acquire that kind of loan on their own. And so the state had to step in and say, you know, if Schalke is unable to pay it back, we'll, we'll accept the responsibility for some percentage of, of, of that initial loan. Um, it's, it's an embarrassing position to, to be in. It is. Um, not only that we have to get a loan in the first place, but that we can't even get it on our own without, you know, a cosigner <laughs> um, yeah. of that magnitude stepping in. Um, it, it's it's pretty shocking that it, that a club like Schalke that, you know, consistently generates significant revenue um, has to do that. So not a good look, but. The one positive side, I guess you would say, is that uh, Jobs did say that the, the sponsorships that we've had are fully committed with us and uh, they're not going to be parting ways with us. And so at least uh, that stability is still there. So I guess that there's that in terms of, you know, trying to pay back the debts. We have that kind of money, but even the sausage one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So our first comment uh, on, on YouTube uh, from Avaka, he says, um, hopefully we'll see some real change after the board meeting still have very little confidence in the uh, in the FO with Schneider backing Wagner, um, and we kind of talked about the last, po- last podcast. You know how Schneider is really putting all his cards on the guy he signed, um, and you know it would make him look bad if he had fired him now. So um, yeah, so that, that thing for me was it, it's one thing for him to just back Wagner in general, but it was how prematurely he backed him that I think raised the eyebrow for me because he announced that he intended to keep Wagner as manager like a month ago at least or more. Yeah. I mean, like right when the restart basically kicked off. And so to, to come out that far in front of it and just say, hey, this isn't a thing we're keeping him, I thought was was curious. But then especially after the way the season went. Um, and as I've said on previous podcasts, I'm conflicted about this because on, on the one hand, I do believe that Schalke need to find a way to get off the coaching carousel to build some continuity season to season if we're actually going to you know build anything here. Um, but to the other extent, it's, it's what serious club keeps a manager in place who had a 16 game winless streak. It's, I mean, it's like the worst rook run in club history, practically, if not yeah, actually, I think it is. And actually. what kind of messages that send to retain him. So, and yeah, I don't, I don't know who we'd be able to bring in in place if we'd even be able to get a better manager than that. But it's just at, at some point saying, you know, that's okay. And it was only because of injuries or because of a lack of squad depth or whatever. Well, you know, isn't that your job Schneider to provide that for them? I mean, yeah. yeah, I, 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 I'm conflicted about, the whole thing. I, I'm not particularly excited about Wagner staying on. I, I wouldn't revel in him losing his job because, as we've said, these are all real people, and I, you know, I'm not going to root for someone to lose their livelihood. But, right. um, it, yeah, especially for a club of Schalke stature to to say, hey, that run of performances, that's fine. We'll just go again next year. Um, is is surprising, and to me, is reeks of potentially Schneider defending him because he was his hire. Because he got rid of Tedesco and brought Wagner in, it's Schneider's hire. He feels like he's it reflects poorly on him if he gets rid of him. Um, I'll tell you what would reflect more poorly on him: uh, keeping Wagner and having things go the same way next season. That's going to reflect even more poorly on on Schneider. So hopefully that doesn't happen, and hopefully you know this decision proves to be the correct one. Um, staying with Wagner and putting faith in him for next year, but we'll, we'll see. And we'll get to Wagner here momentarily. But um, what, what was more odd to you, the the comment that Schneider made like a month too premature about uh, Wagner is his guy, or Wagner being premature with saying Schubert's his guy, and there's no there's no controversy. They're both very odd. Went during the, you know that first one was early in the season. This one, obviously, yeah, wow. they're about equal. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, yeah, the goalkeeper thing was just so weird because you know it, when he came out and, and backed him. I think I think on the podcast I came on and said, "Why would you do that?" Yeah, exactly. Because now you're just putting yourself in a position to. I mean, and then he ended up going back on it anyway, exactly. and, and put new bullets. So he just he just looks silly at that point. Like you you don't need to make guarantees like that. And if you are going to make guarantees like that, then you need to follow through on them. All right, Reed Stubbe's uh, comments, and he says, uh, "Good for Schalke for letting the team get canceled for the play on the field rather than the comments from the front office." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sentiments exactly. Um, we said that we were going to talk about Wagner and we are, there's, there's a good looking mug of his, 
Um, so he he spoke at the conference as well. Uh, he obviously had he said he was going to come out with his analysis of the season, uh, and so his, his analysis was as such. Uh, he says that uh, basically there are two teams this season: one in the Hin Runda, one in the Rook Runda. Uh, one was pre-injury, one was post-injury. Um, so he 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 blamed a lot of it that you know said when when all our players were there and healthy. Uh, the team played very well. They did what they what he asked them. We finished what well, we were like fifth place uh, at the Winterpause, uh, and then after the, the two Berlin matches, uh, the DP Pokal and then and in the and the Rookrunde, after that things kind of just fell apart. Injuries started uh, mounting like crazy, and he he came. He said something to the effect of, you know, um, if it wasn't for these injuries, then we would have had a good season or something to something like that. Uh, you caught that, didn't you, Jack, uh, from the press conference? Well, well there's not two teams. There's one team. Exactly. <laughs> and the players that aren't starting in the first half of the season are part of that team. They're not a separate team. They're part yeah. of that team. Um, and yeah, he he was giving this line out consistently throughout the season, you know, as, as the results continued to come in negatively. Um, and I have a certain amount of sympathy for that argument because he is right in the sense that I do think Schalke have suffered an inordinate number of injuries this season and maybe even in the past couple of seasons that have, you know, put us in a difficult position, but you know, what team goes throughout an entire Bundesliga campaign without suffering injuries um, for a significant lifetime. That's, that's part of football. That's part of sports in general. Um, You know, to say, Hey, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm the right guy for this team. Assuming all of my players are healthy is not an acceptable answer in my opinion. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, does, does, does mask the loss of Mascarell and Harit and Serdar affect our play? Of course, because those are three starting midfielders. Like, I'm not trying to say it doesn't have an effect, but I don't think um, that suddenly means that you know one win in 17 matches in the second half of the season is is the is the logical result of those injuries. Um, that's not good enough. And and for a team like Schalke that has you know the Kapitschmieder to fall back on, and and you would think potentially has more resources of depth than other clubs, um, it's especially uh, troublesome that 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 happened and that we're kind of having it viewed that way. So yeah, I, I definitely, I disagree with those comments and, and I think, I, and I hope Wagner will also take a look at what he was doing in this, in his style of play and, and what he was asking of his players and, and reflect on that over the summer and, and see if maybe he can change some of those things as well. Well, the disagreement would not stop there. I think, well, at least for me, I don't know about you, but uh, the next point he brought up was the lack of competition due to injury problems. Uh, he said he's basically blaming that because of the injury problems, there was lack of competition, uh, and thus the guys didn't play as well as they should have, and even the guys who were there, they, even the, the veterans that were there, weren't trying as hard. I call it BS on that. I'm sorry. Um, that's not a good enough excuse for professionals. They should be playing good no matter what. Yeah, competition helps things, but you know, if injury, injury, injuries hurt. We we understand that. But to say the saying that it's a lack of competition and that's the reason, no, it's not a reason for me. Um, these guys are veterans, and if they can do the job, find someone else who can sit them. If they're if they're, they're not doing what they're supposed to do, sit them. Yeah, you. The, the players were. We didn't have that many players. A choice. I get that. Our depth wasn't that great at all. Uh, but that's a that's a poor excuse in my book. I mean, I don't know how you feel on that, but um, I heard that and I was like, I was wondering, I was ready to throw something. Same same answer to to the last point to some extent. I yeah. have a, I have a certain amount of sympathy for that because I think logically that that makes some small amount of sense. Um, that you know, by virtue of people not being available to take a spot from you your motivation for that might dip ever so slightly, but right. I don't think that results in the kind of dip in performance overall right. that we're talking about here. And as, as a manager, it's your job to make sure your players are working hard and are up for it every week and are putting in their best. And if you can't get them to do that and, exactly. and yeah, you know, occasionally you're going to have some bad apples that are just uncoachable and you need to get rid of them. But if that's a significant portion of your team, that's on you, that's not right. on them. Or that's, that's, a, you know, more of a symptom of, of, larger organizational rot or, you know, culture issues. I don't think we saw the number of players go a wall that we did last season. You know, as things were falling apart under Tedesco, it seemed like the club was slightly more stable in that regard, or perhaps the club was just better at keeping a lid on things from a PR perspective. Maybe some of that stuff was going on internally. Um, It certainly seemed like it was better, but yeah, once again, I I just don't find that to be a valid excuse. And, And so, so far the first two points that you're bringing up of David Wagner's season analysis, um, where is the personal responsibility? Yeah. In either of those answers, there isn't any, and um, that's that's troubling. Uh, I think he has valid points. 
to some extent, but I would be much more willing to to take those into consideration if he was pairing those with with personal critiques and, and, and more self-reflection is what I would say. Yeah, uh, no, no, 100 percent. Um, and I was trying to look for the quote that he ended the end of the whole thing on. But, you know, part of it was he said, you know, the injuries, the injuries has been a problem for us, not just this season. It's been the past few seasons. And part of the way they're trying to remedy that that I do agree with is we, we've been screaming for this on the podcast is maybe it's time to get new trainers and new you know, new medic team and new backroom staff that can help with these injuries. Because clearly the people we have there now are not, you know, and they're probably great people but they're not keeping the players on the pitch. You know, it seems like they're all on loan from Arsenal. (laughs) God, that doesn't help anything. (laughs) Yeah. Do we have some sort of like unknown connection with them? I mean, what is going on at the, yeah, I I agree. It's, it's been an issue and um, yeah, there's a certain amount of that that you can chalk up to bad luck, but over the course of a couple of seasons, if that's a consistent trend, then yeah, maybe you need to make changes there as well. Once again, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, fire everybody. Like I I don't want that to happen. Um, I don't root for people to lose their jobs, but um, you just can't keep a lot of the same things in place and keep rolling it out season after season and, and seeing the same results. Yeah. And then uh, the last point that he made was uh, we were forced to use uh, a lot of the Kanapashmir this year. Um, and that's a good thing, I think, because we've, we've been clamoring to, to, to tap into that system and bring up some players, give them some game time, you know, whether, you know, it's your team's doing well and you just want to give them you know, a couple of minutes here and there, or if you're forced to do like we were doing, I think that ultimate was a good thing. And I think he said the same thing, you know, we're, we have a great youth system, great youth Academy, and we got an opportunity to use them and grow, give the players valuable experience. Chaz Bazdewan, obviously Katucha is a, a graduate from there and some other youngsters, Bujilev as well. Um, and we're probably gonna see more, obviously Timo Becker and, and a couple other guys we saw um, that, that I did agree with. I mean, I, I like that exactly. You should always, you should be using your youth Academy, especially one, as a claim to Schalke's, you know, use what you got, use that youth system and build them up. That's what we've done in the past, right? We, we build up, that's what Draxler and Sane and all those guys came through the club and mm-hmm. then we eventually, you know, moved on. And that's how we should be doing it. Um, and uh, at least he did that and didn't stick with all of the older guys, I guess I should say. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. Uh, to the extent that we were forced, you know, to, to play more of these guys than we optimally would have liked to, uh, it does seem likely that we might have to do the same thing next season and so it's it's better to have had those guys get a number of matches under their belt um now as opposed to jumping in cold uh next season uh with with a blank slate and the potential for things to go south further because you know keep in mind we, we had this buffer of of a good first half of the season that was kind of keeping us afloat despite the results in the second half if we come out next season and start the same way that we ended uh we're going to be in trouble real quick so yeah i do think it's a good thing um uh, not ideal that we had to do that, but it could ultimately prove to be useful that that happened and th- that number of players got significant minutes. Um, quick question for you while we're on that while we're on that subject. Yeah, who of the recent promotions from the youth setup did you think was the most impressive for us this season? Of the recent call ups this season, yeah, uh, I would. I, I'm gonna, you know we had a very it's a very small sample size, but yeah. I think Chan Bazdewan, um composure on the ball. I would agree. Um, being able to affect the game, you know, immediately. Uh, I mean, within the first few seconds of, the, of his of, of his debut, right? Uh, I thought he looked very promising. Yeah, Malik, Malik Tia, uh probably going to eventually be very good, um, and you know, some of the other guys, but. Uh, they all look still very raw. Chan, Chan Bazuan looks the most capable of be, uh, being in a starting 11 as opposed to the other guys, to me. Oh, yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly. I thought he was very impressive, particularly his his skills on the ball. Um, yeah. he, he's somebody that when he's in possession, uh, you just don't expect him to take an errant touch or, or anything. He, he seems to be able to avoid trouble pretty, he pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, he reminds me of he reminds me of Harit in some sense in terms of those on-the-ball skills that I thought that was really promising going forward. I'm, I'm excited to see more of him. I am as well. Um, and uh, Wagner ended his portion of the conference in the of the conference saying, um, you know, with a lot of intensity, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of courage, a lot of cohesion, uh, we have seen for a very long time that w- when when we do these things, uh, the team looks promising. Uh, he emphasized, if we have our team together, we will get there again. I am fully con- confident of that, or have full confidence in that. So. Uh, he's, you know, he's backing himself. He he understands that you know, they had some issues last season, uh, this past season, and uh, they need to build on that, obviously. But um, he he seems to have, he thinks at least he, the way he says it, he has a, a plan for next season, and you know, using the the youngsters and what we have at our disposal, and hopefully keeping these guys fit with it with the new with the new uh, backroom staff uh, can go a long way, and hopefully the results from the the Hinrunda come back and not the not the repeat of the Rook Runda. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So, um, you know, before we get some of the players, here's some of the comments that um, we had from uh, Twitter and, and Facebook and all that stuff from people. So, uh, mm-hmm. one of the first ones, uh, A Man, uh, Iman Balomi, he says, uh, and I butcher your name, I apologize. Uh, he says, can you talk more about the new chairman? And we kind of did uh, to the best of our the best of our knowledge because we don't really know him as well as uh, as you know as Tony's. But um, yeah, he's he's been with the club for a while. Uh, he's been deputy director for a while and uh, deputy chairman, excuse me. And uh, yeah, he's he has seemed to have experience business wise in terms of how to dealing with crises. And so maybe it's what we need at the moment. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a wait and see type thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna let people who have more familiarity with him. And the supervisory board members to speak on that than uh, and then then I I will speak on. Um, and if you're out there and you want to be on the podcast, talk about it. Hey, we welcome you on. So, uh, well, how about you? Yeah, ben? yeah. We certainly do not claim to be all knowing or as tuned into certain aspects of the club that other people, particularly those who are on the ground over there, are. So, um, forgive us for that if we can't provide any insight or analysis on something specifically that you like to see us talk about we'll try to get better about that obviously but um i don't i need, I need to learn how to speak and you know read german better that would that would be tremendously helpful for me in, in, in covering some of the things that are in the german outlets over there yeah yeah uh and you had a who, you had a conversation with somebody on twitter about that and they asked you oh did you read that in german was it the, um it was carson yeah carson yeah yeah good friend carson yeah yeah so that, that yeah was, I, re- uh, I retweeted his uh postseason analysis yeah there's a couple of things i disagree with in there but i thought overall it was it was well reasoned and he had some really interesting uh data vision in there as well um with some stats stuff and that's that's the kind of stuff that uh you probably don't get from us as often as (laughs) some of you would like uh yeah so if you're interested in in some of those more nitty-gritty details um data wise I, I would definitely recommend going and taking a look at that um and and abel put something together abel mazarosh put something together as well um i think it was titled something along the lines of why is shalka so bad <laughs> which yeah what is shalka soccer so I, f- I, I feel bad sharing that but i'll, I'll go back and, and retweet that some, one that's well. some great points in it, it had some great no it does yeah he's, he's really good obviously so uh next comment is from hans hanan uh he says who's gonna replace tony's we talked about doc- dr jens bukta uh also is uh wagner right now in danger uh and i don't think so and schneider's come out and said you know he's i got his backing obviously if he starts a season oh and five it's not gonna be well, do well for him but um i don't think he's in danger at the moment even if we get a new chairman or the whole new supervisory board come july i think he's safe for now um and then what's your dream coach that's that was that would be suitable for Schalke? dream coach i'll let you go first tedesco no i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot of people that would say that they want even they want tedesco, no <laughs> yeah we need to have a like a manager by committee uh Schalke twitter just takes over the club that'd be a disaster right oh my um, gosh yeah. we all we all we all like to think that we know so much and i'm sure we would get into a training session and be completely out of our out of our depth um I don't know. Uh, I mean, instead of instead of diet Klopp, how about actual Klopp? Yeah, or <laughs> whatever Tuchel? happened realistically. Um, Thomas Tuchel. Tuchel's a psychopath, dude. I don't want him on my team. I, everyone says that too. Yeah, He's a sociopath, man. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know um, who would be good. Um, I don't, dude. I don't have a dream coach. There, there's not one name I that, I, I, that I consistently. I'm like, I would love to see him come to Schalke, and you know, no, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 there's not one guy that I focus on and think like this is the this is the solution to all of our problems you know for all for all those fans that said yeah we should just go to the fight the bundesliga and and work our way back no, uh we, no, we, no, no, we no. thought we thought we got embarrassed on the last match day that last match day in this fight the bundesliga was crazy with heidenheim holding the playoff position all they had to do is win and they're in they got blown out three nothing hamburg was below them all they had to do is win and hope that you know no, i think i think hamburg needed a draw yeah, I could well, have been wrong right, about right. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they got they lost what five to one? Four five to one? Five to one. Five, five to, to one. one. I mean you feel bad for Hamburg fans. I mean Yeah. Damn. I feel good for Heidenheim. I mean, I, I've liked their coach Schmidt for a long time. There's actually a great documentary for uh for German fans, uh or for yeah, well, any fan really of, of the Bundesliga and German soccer in general, uh called Trainers it is on Netflix for a while. It may, it may still be, but for, this is from like five years ago. And uh, Frank Schmidt was still the manager of Heidenheim and they were they were a third division club at the time and uh it's you, when you watch it you really you really fall in love with this manager you think he knows he sounds he's like a club type kind of guy where uh he 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 gets his team to you know believe in him he has uh offensive tactic minded uh game plans and uh yeah he, it's hard not to like the guy but you know good for him but uh yeah if you go to fight the, fight the bundesliga how many bundesliga former bundesliga clubs are down there they can't get out exactly it's, yeah difficultly thankfully we haven't seen a lot of that take but I have seen yeah. that a couple times, and I think the message I would try to send to the people that think that might be a good idea is you are 
dramatically underestimating how difficult it is to gain promotion yeah. back out of there, especially given the financial situation we're in. The last thing we need is to go down and lose the revenue that we have from being in the Bundesliga in the first place. Um, yeah, I don't so- think that would solve much of anything. Um, we need to avoid that at all costs, in my opinion. All right, next uh, next uh, comment is from, uh, and if I butcher your name, again, I apologize. Uh, this is a local guy. He's gotten near me, uh, Jacob Skaronik. Uh, he's a new fan uh, as of the restart. So he says, as new fan who joined during the restart, um, what are the narratives to follow? Players to be excited for besides the uh, Frika Tucci movement? You can't really see it there. Um, and expectations for the offseason and next season. Well, first of all, I apologize that you became a fan of Schalke at this moment. That's uh, an unfortunate time to make that decision, but welcome aboard. Uh, yeah, in terms of, I mean, the promising players that we have at the moment. Um, Chan Bazdawan. Yeah, it's, so Bazdawan is one. Katuchu is another. Um, and I know there's some fatigue out there about the number of times we've brought him up over the course of the season. I would remind you that, once again, he only achieved his first start against, what, Leverkusen? Yeah. So it's still very recent that he was even given that opportunity. So um, Becker at times has been interesting just because of his versatility and he puts in a shift. Uh, Friend of the show, I Nick Titek. <laughs> we haven't even talked about that. We have to wait for that. We have to wait for that episode to come out. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, I would. Yeah, I would love to see him potentially get an opportunity. Um, he's just had so many injury troubles over the last couple of years. And not to deviate um, real quick, but uh, two things off top. We didn't mention the top of this telecast because you, if you're watching on YouTube, you're not going to catch this portion. But if you're watching the podcast, you'll hear it. Uh, James Thorogood. First off, kudos for uh, mentioning Shock America podcast on the air. We thank you so much for that, sir. Uh, and then Daniel Calagiri, who with the wor- words of you know welcoming us into the podcast. Yeah, we'll get to him, but uh, he's departing, yeah. unfortunately. So, Fr- but- friend of the, friend of the podcast, James Thurgood, who has been on at one point, uh, yeah. first person to actually drop Name the, the, the hashtag Freakatuchu, and then also the first person to to mention the podcast directly. So we appreciate, yeah, we appreciate that. That definitely made my weekend, uh, despite the the bad result. Uh, that was that was pretty cool. So, and also, I I, I think he's I think they he's scored shortly after that. <laughs> yeah, right. I I think I think he's underrated as a commentator myself, and I especially because I don't think he even had a, a color guy with him, and so he had to carry that entire broadcast solo, which is not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Um, and he did a pretty good job with that. So shout out to him. Uh, but some go back to the players. Uh, some of the players, Timo Becker, obviously, he looks like he can be some. He can be good. Uh, we had Carl's before, but we he, we sold him, I believe, to Carl's Junior. Carl's Junior. That's right. We sold him to Bremen. Um, I, th- I believe it was Bremen. Anyway, um, who else? Malik Tial. Uh, he's supposed to be Joe Matip 2.0. You know, we'll, we haven't seen him enough to to make a judgment on that. Uh, there's a bunch of youngsters though down there in the Kanapashmita that we got our eyes on. We talked about it briefly. We we still want to get some. Uh, I think Aiden in here or somebody to talk about Kanapashmita. Devote a podcast to them because uh, there's a lot of good young talented players there. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of promising players in the Kanapashmita to look forward to, and even some guys. I'm curious to see what Bujalab. We'll talk about Bujalab here in a minute. But um, yeah, it's a lot of lot of lot of players to keep your eye on. All right, let's see. Uh, next question. Um, we already kind of answered this. Uh, do we already have candidates for the role occupied by Tony's? Yes, uh, Jens, Dr. Jens Bupta. Uh, Schalke Canada, our friends up north, they said, they, this is this is their, their uh, tweet to us. We just want to say thank you for you guys' dedication. Thank you for another great season of podcasts and breaking down the season game by game for us. Uh, it's been awesome to watch and listen to you guys and, and grow as a voice to our team. Have a great summer. Hashtag Freakatuchu. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Far too kind from them, but glad to see uh, our neighbors to the north. Uh, where are they? Ba- are they based out of Toronto? I want to say, tr- you know, actually, I, I thought that was Toronto. I think it's. I want to say it's like Winnipeg or something. But it, anyway, we, we love seeing either way fan, love, new, new fan clubs and new organizations. Happy Canada Day! Happy Canada Day! <laughs> that is true. Uh, pop up across the U.S. and North America in general. That always makes us happy when we see a new cluster pop up. So um, glad to have them be part of the conversation on Twitter and everything. And it's 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 uh it's been great to have them on board this season. Well, we got another question up here on YouTube. Let's just switch things for a little bit here. Uh, our buddy Jake says, with Bournemouth, Bournemouth excuse me, most likely being relegated, I wouldn't mind seeing Eddie Howe taking over the manager spot. Eddie Howe has been known to do things with very little. Uh, and he's done very good things at Bournemouth. Bournemouth is a very... Uh, Sounds like Wagner. It does, but he, he he finished higher than Wagner did in the in the Premier League and for a lot longer. Um, yeah. I've always liked Eddie Howe. Uh, I, and as someone I do know, as opposed to David Wagner before he came to Schalke. Um, what are your thoughts on 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 how? 
I mean, if Bournemouth gets relegated, do you actually expect Eddie Howe to, to lose his job? No, but I think maybe some other teams might come calling. I mean, maybe maybe he's going to say, hey, you know, it's time to look for a new opportunity and it's time for somebody else to take over here. But, you know, this is a former player of the club who became the manager. I mean, he's very much a Bournemouth guy through and through. He's like um, he's like Frank Schmidt of, of Heidenheim. They're just with that club. They're indebted to them. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's been there for a long time in various positions and, and has seen them through this recent period of success. I would be surprised if they parted ways with him that quickly. I mean, but I'm not tuned into what's going on over there. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I have a, a generally positive opinion of Eddie Howe, but I just, I, you know, I just thought it was funny that the things that you mentioned about him just now were the things that we were saying about David Wagner before it is <laughs> before taking over, which doesn't mean that it, you know, it wouldn't potentially work out. It's just, you know, yeah. I, I don't know if you make that move just to make that move. Well, we go from our friends up north to our friends out west in Arizona. Brad Denny, he says, uh, one battle over. That the season's gone. Uh, I'm ready for the next, and that's all the uh, off-season worry. Uh, he, and he posted a nice picture of uh, him trying to fight off a whole army of off-season worry. So I think we're all in the same boat. We have no idea what's going on. We've had, we heard the press conference today, uh, and we still don't know what's going to go on. Uh, we, we've heard rumors of a potential salary cap of 2.5 million euros uh, for each of the players, uh, possibly selling some players. But we haven't seen anything yet. It's just all talk at this point. So we don't know what's going to happen until it happens, right? And so uh, that's going to be another worry for us here. And the restart's going to happen. Uh, the, the, the new season's going to happen pretty quick, actually. You know, the offseason's going to be much shorter than we originally had planned. But um, hey, nothing's wrong with that. Uh, Brad, stay safe out there, man. Arizona is not doing well right yes. now uh, with 100%. the whole coronavirus situation. So, All right. Then it's some more of the juicy comments. Um our buddy Holgner Messner, he's he's commented on both YouTube and here on 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 uh, Twitter. Uh, he says, uh, "I have to get one thing off my chest. It's finally over. Last season was horrible, and this season was horrible. Uh, now Schalke is only hiring U18 players who are willing to play for pocket money of two and a half million. In Great Britain, players get this money monthly. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's a bleak forecast for us, and we're I'm curious to see how this all pans out." Uh, I, I really want to look into the financial aspects of, of how much each of the players make just to see what we may be losing, Jack. Um, you, you got a feeling that some of the players that we have in our, on our squad are making upwards uh, well over of two and a half million. Yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be that's going to be the next thing we have to focus on, right, is is who we retain and who we let go to try to adjust the um, the, the wage picture for the club, which is obviously a significant worry at the moment. So we'll have to keep a close eye on that. Um, I mean, the one thing I would say to Holger, I think, um, and I could be, I could be wrong about this, but I feel like I've, I've seen him make comments sort of pro Clemens attorneys. And um, if he's upset about uh, the imposition of a salary cap on the team, I find it curious that he isn't upset about the people that allowed us to get into the financial picture where that was necessary in the first place. Yeah, and I don't know if it's more pro pro Clemens Clemens Tonys, but more um, don't don't react without having a backup plan, and and don't just point your finger. Well, yeah, at one that's, person, yeah, that's, right? that's a fair that's a fair point. Then yeah, you know, and I yeah, and so if if that's a take he's taken, then yeah, I agree with that because you know it's it's not just him; it's it's other people involved. And I For think sure. and I think on YouTube he may have extended that comments to make it more uh, more uh, understandable than this this you know hundred. 20 characters whatever it is on twitter so yeah um but yeah that's and you know we've heard from him before so keep you keep up the comments we love the comments uh next one is from uh, again from aman he says uh finally it's over and i can now focus on my final exams without wasting 90 minutes watching my favorite team get smashed yeah <laughs> stay in school school is important it's more important that's right than, uh, that's it's right more important than Schalke, that that's for sure and we understand um, we're not we're not doing exams but we got to do a podcast on the our team's getting smashed so uh we, we're right there with you man <laughs> Yeah, how about, um, how, how about this? How about you focus on your exams in the future, and then we'll let you know whether or not the match was worth watching afterwards, and you can go back and watch it then when you have time for it. How about that? You can actually go to our uh, our get some merchandise from us, and then you know <laughs> have that with us. <laughs> oh, quickly moving on. Uh, next comment is from Adam Zeal. He says, "I'm relieved that the Rook Runner from Hell is over, but." angst about the offseason and we just talked about that with brad uh the drama going into the club and whether we get relegated next year is going to be a fear for all of us uh yeah until we start seeing what actually this game plan is going to be for the club and the players and everybody involved we don't know we, all we got to do is wonder are we gonna have more of the last couple of years and and flirting with possible relegation or you know mid-table to lower mid-table obscurity it looks like it <laughs> yeah it certainly seems likely I, I would be surprised if we were able to um 
finish significantly higher than we did this season. Um, yeah, it's we have to wait and see the moves that that Schneider is able to pull off, um, and you know, hopefully he can he can work some magic and, and find something. But uh, at the moment, I'm not optimistic that we're going to be going into next season with a squad any stronger than what we had this season. Our buddy Leo says, uh, do you guys think Bujilab can have a role in the reformulation or is it better to loan sell him? And then uh, our buddies at Schalke UK said, he's a squad player for me. I guess it depends on what we want to do the strength in the summer. And then uh, Schalke. Someone- I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't target Bujilab as somebody to sell to try to help the financial situation just because I don't think a player that young with that limited experience is going um, to demand. Yeah, it's going to demand a transfer fee. I think, um, I think if you're going to talk about Moving on from people um, that can potentially bring in some cash, I think you're talking about a Weston McKinney, a Stuart Serdar, a Amin Harit, those type of guys. Um, not that I want to see any of those three players move on, but I mean, I, I think if you're going to look to sell people, you'd have to look at the people that could actually make it a, a significant financial impact. And I'm just, I would be surprised if, if Boudreaux was that guy. Yeah, I agree. And uh, how about just playing players in their in their position, right? You know, instead of having <laughs> you know Katuchu and Matando and and Bujula playing striker, maybe they play you know their wings with their expected player or you know shadow strikers and let a, get a striker that's you know that can put the ball in the back of the net. I don't know, that's just me. But um. <laughs> while, while we're on the subject of Katuchu, I just want to reiterate this because I feel like every once in a while I need to jump in and, and just kind of make sure everyone's on the same page. The free Katuchu thing is is largely a meme. Like there's some there's some legitimate like feelings behind it in the sense that stop playing Guido Bergstaller who hasn't scored in 18 months and play somebody who looks more lively in front of goal and has demonstrated the ability to score goals. That's a legitimate frustration in, in the, the background behind that. But like, obviously it's not entirely serious and it's not intended to yeah. be viewed as a end all be all solution. Like if only we played Katucha, we would suddenly start winning matches. That's never exactly. what it's been. So no. if, if that gets lost in translation sometimes because of how prevalent it is, I, I, I apologize, but just know that it, it's, it's, it's tongue in cheek. It's supposed to be tongue in cheek. Yeah. And, and the movement is growing because more and more people, <laughs> more bigger name people are picking up on it. And, you know, it's getting mentioned on the air and by, by uh, reporters everywhere, but uh, yeah, it's it's a meme that you know it's it's kind of like like Jack said you know you know start start playing some people that can actually contribute to the team uh, and it's not just Katucha it's just it's other people like him uh, get them out there and and uh, give an opportunity some guys who have more passion who can contribute to the team make it more offensive uh, that's what we're looking for that's the whole point of this whole thing yeah. All right. Uh, next question uh, comes from Dirk Yannick. Uh, he says, yes, the press conference was something else, huh? Yes, it was. Uh, not sure if I like the new commitment to mediocrity. I agree, but I mean, what are you going to do? Commitment when... to mediocrity. I like the way that's <laughs> <laughs> it was nicely worded. Um, but the consider the financial situation that we're in. I, I don't know if we have any other choice. Um, and we kind of talked about this in this podcast. He says, how many good players are going to leave? And we can get to that now. Um, and then not that we had many left in the first place, but there are rumors that already Weston is going to be, be sold. Um, we'll let's talk about Weston. Uh, rumors are talking today that you, you brought it up. What was it Hamburg? Uh, Berlin. He maybe gets sold to Berlin. And I think that's very unlikely. Like you said, yeah. Premier League is more likely to, to be the destination for him as opposed to somewhere else in the Bundesliga. Um, but, you know, you never know, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if it's, if Schalke want to get rid of him because they need the money, I understand that. If Weston McKinney wants to leave because he's tired of being here, I understand that as well. Um, because uh, he's been played in, in so many positions and he's, he hasn't been put in a good position, I think, to, to really grow and succeed as a player. I mean, he's gotten a lot of match minutes, which is one thing, which is good for a young player. But um, just the variance of what he's asked to do on a, on a week-to-week basis is, is not conducive to him Um really settling down and, and becoming, you know, it's a, it's a jack of all trades, master of none type situation for him. So, um, yeah. And I wouldn't, I can't, I can't hold it against him, you know, for how often he's selected to constantly beating his head against the wall with loss after loss after loss. That's not, that's not fun. And if he wants to change the scenery, I can't, can't blame him for that. And there's going to be plenty of fans uh, on Schalke Twitter who would be uh, very happy about that. move. I'm not one of them. Cause I think he's gotten some undue criticism and has been scapegoated to some extent in the squad by virtue of him being an American. But, um, yeah, I mean, the financial situation is the financial situation. It's not going to help us improve our table position by getting rid of some of these people, but if we got to do it, we got to do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I yeah. do think the Premier League is the more likely destination for him. Um, or at least, I, like I said, I, ju- I just can't imagine that he would be like, yeah, I'll just go from Schalke to Hertha, or I'll go from Schalke to Hoffenheim, or I'll go. I, I just don't, I don't see why he would make that specific move. I think, I think he'd have to have um, a more 
a, a table closer to the uh, well, a table, a team closer to the top of the table, I should say, coming after him, or he would probably be be going to a different league. I would think. Yeah, uh, we kind of alluded to it earlier. Um, Daniel Calagiri, he's going to Augsburg. Mm-hmm. He was sold to them. Uh, Three year deal there. Best of luck to him there. But yeah, um, he's no longer going to be with the club. Yeah, unfortunately, we didn't see the best of Daniel Calagiri uh, this season, but was a very important player for us for you know pretty much his entire uh, tenure here. It's a move that I that I was I was wrong about in my opinion. Um, I, I wasn't particularly high on it when when we made that, um, and he uh, performed. He exceeded my expectations, if I'm being honest, and had some some big moments, uh, particularly in in the derbies, which is always going to endear yourself. To your fans, so we will always, you know, look back fondly on some of those. You know, the the, the cutback onto his left foot in the four four against, you know, Dortmund, the free kick he had, you know, later, um, in the in the in the subsequent match, um, you know, good stuff from him, and we appreciate, um, you know, the servant that he was for the club, and wishing the best of luck at Augsburg. Oh, hundred percent. Uh, Greg Rich is going back. We knew that was happening. Uh, John hey, Joe Greg. Kenny, John Joe Kenny, he's going back. Uh, we knew that happening, but we had still had held out a glimmer of hope. I guess up until the whole uh, the financial situation came came to fruition or came came clear, uh, but he's gone. Uh, and he he had some very nice things to say about the club, which I think we fully expected because he was very complimentary of Schalke, you know, from the very beginning that he was here. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, once again, I know there's some there's some fans out there that are going to be pleased to see him leave because they weren't happy with his performances down the stretch. Uh, I understand that. Uh, I personally like the guy a lot just in terms of his character and who he is and, and the yeah. fact that he, he always seemed to be in the right frame of mind and put in the shift. And, you know, I respected that at least. So I appreciate him uh, spending some time here and uh, wish him the best of luck going forward. Yeah. Um, another player that we thought uh, was going to leave, but then he said, then he said he was going to stay. And we talked about this last, last podcast because he came out and said, Oh, I'm going to stay at Schalke. I, I want to stay at Schalke and, and yeah. build. I, I like what was going on. And that's Juan Miranda. He's on the screen here. Uh, he, it was official today that he's going back to Barcelona. That's what we kind of thought all along because he wasn't getting enough game time uh, based on what Barcelona had demanded when we when we first got him. Uh, but then he made out those comments saying, you know, I like really being in the Schalke and I want to stay there. But then pulled the plug, pulled the sheet from underneath us today. And uh, yeah, he's going back to Barcelona. So him Juan and Mar- Fibibo, right? Juan, Juan Miranda uh, committed the foul that led to the uh, the free kick on the edge of the box. He for, had two, uh, two bad games. Freiburg's, really bad Freiburg's game. second goal. Yeah. Um, of the four, uh, so yet another defensive mistake from him. Um, bon voyage, sir. Uh, I'm not. I'm not particularly uh, disappointed to see him him step away. I don't. I don't think he was. Uh, he was up to it. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think he. At least the way we played him defensively is not the way to go. I mean, if he's maybe attacking a winger or something like that, maybe. Uh, but we never get to see him that kind of in that kind of role. And the times that he was in there, he did more harm than good, unfortunately. So. Um, who else? Yeah, or maybe more of a wing back in a back five. I, I don't. I don't know if he's a. Uh, he's yeah, Not good enough four. to be a left back. Yeah, like a left back in a back four with the defensive responsibilities. Uh, who else? Who young, we... obviously, but you know. Right, right. right. Uh, who else do we lose? I can't think of off the top of my head who we lose. I know who. Tadebo. Yeah, Tadebo's going back. Um, who else? Um, I feel like there's at least one more. I mean, there's talks right now about the Mark move to Cologne being made permanent. Uh, it sounds like Schalke is trying to get Cordoba, trying to get Cordoba in a swap or something. Yeah, um, Cologne came out and said, I, "I saw this just before the podcast." They said they're not going to do that. Um, and then why, they, why would they? <laughs> right, exactly. And then Schalke's like, "Well, you can still have Uth for 10 million euros." They're like, "Well, we'll loan him." They're like, "We are not going to loan him. We we want to sell him." So they're trying to get him off the books. So yeah. uh, expect that to happen. Um, Skripsky is supposed to be uh, where's he at? Wherever he's at, they want him. Can we just talk real quick about how badly Hoffenheim has fleeced us <laughs> recently? I mean, I know that we got Rudy from Bayern, yeah, but you know that's another former Hoffenheim product, Margut. Just, I mean, any any move that we seem to touch with with players from that club is not going well for us recently. I blame Nagelsmann. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it really hasn't. So, uh, yeah, so he's gonna be gone, or we're trying to get rid of him. Skripsky, they're looking. He's looking for a permanent move to wherever he's at right now. I can't, I can't, I can't name escapes me at the moment. Um, but he's doing well there. Uh, let's see. I know there, there are rumors about, we talk about Weston McKinney. There's rumors about Suat Serdar and Ozan Kabak. Um, I mean, yeah, that's the other one I should have mentioned. Yeah, he, he would be another player that you would imagine could get could demand a, a decent transfer fee. So yeah. he seems likely to be somebody else that would potentially be on the uh, in the in the shop window. Which is unfortunate because we were hoping to see what him and, and Asane yeah. can do. And 
it's not going to happen. Well, we don't know. We don't know. But, you know, given what they've talked about with, with salary cap and all that good stuff, uh, it looks like we could be losing some some our more marquee players. Uh, I didn't hear anything about Harit, but, you know, you never know, I guess. So it's just a wait-and-see game. It's going to be uh, fighting off these worries until we hear an official announcement of some sort. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's all the players I can think of that either were rumored or, or gone. I'm sure we're missing some, but. Uh, and they're talking about Stambouli still. It's still going ongoing with that. Uh, let's see. Paul Forrester on uh, Facebook says, uh, who will be leaving the club? We just went over that. Who might be joining? Who might be joining? So we, there was a rumor. There are a lot of rumors. Uh, the Freiburg goalie we're trying to negotiate for right now. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen, and I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because I don't want to embarrass myself even more than I already have tonight. Um, but, yeah, there's also right back, and I, the name escapes me as well. Uh, who are trying to get? Um, so as far as the goal, the goalkeeper rumor goes, and I may have spoken about this on last podcast, so this is redundant. I apologize, but obviously wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> uh, there was that eight million fee that I think was associated with that move, yes, and yeah. I just, I just don't get that. You're paying eight million for a like a you know a backup twenty eight year old goalkeeper, and I think if you're in the kind of financial situation that you're in, that money could better be used elsewhere on the pitch. I mean, you, you still have Schubert. I mean, we have Fairman potentially. Um, I think we'd be able to get through the season with the people we have on our roster um, and invest that money elsewhere in the team rather than dropping nearly $10 million on, you know, a goalkeeper who I'm just not particularly excited about, but that's me. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I am too. I mean, he seems like a decent enough goalkeeper, but, you know, like I said, there's Fairman still in the books. I uh, don't want to give up on Schubert all the way. I know they're talking about uh, Ulrich. Paul Reich, yeah. uh, trying to get him on a free, possibly. So we'll see. I don't yeah, I'm, I'm not free, excited but... about that one either. But Bayern came out and said that they would potentially let him walk for free to not like you know hinder any move that he's trying to make, which is yeah. which is a classy move by them, to be fair. So you know, respect to Bayern for that. Um, so if oh, we were able to get him on a free, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, uh, if we were able to get him on a free, I wouldn't be against it. But yeah, it's not a move that's particularly inspiring, and I certainly wouldn't want to pay much money for him. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, he also says, "What kind of what current Shaka youth will be playing a role in the near future?" We kind of talked about that yeah. already. Uh, Joseph Lacritus says, uh, "I missed the game last week because I was working." Then I later, then I, yeah, exactly. He says, "I later checked the score and unsurprisingly saw that we were gut punched for the millionth time." I'm happy the season is over. We all are. Changes must and will be made. I hope Benji Stambouli stays. Uh, I also hope we uh, sign several new players. I want an action-packed offseason. Very unlikely with our financial situation, and on the bright side, that wasn't uh, it wasn't as bad as last season. I guess I guess so. It, it ended worse, but yeah, it's a little bit better. We had a nicer Hinrunda. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's all the comments and questions. Uh, anything else you want to chat about tonight, Jack? Before we uh, close on out. No, yeah, we'll uh, we'll have our um, official kind of like end of season analysis pod coming out next week, probably. Would you say? I think so. Yeah, episode yeah. ninety-seven, so, so um, close to one hundred. So I mean, we already we already addressed a lot of stuff today. Um, that you know that deals with off season and everything. But um, so yeah, we'll, we'll look look for that next week. We'll we'll do our typical like end of season awards and all that kind of stuff. And hopefully, we'll have a, a guest on for that as well. Maybe Marie or somebody else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nice to have a guest or two on, um, and and actually see some people for once, right? Now, now we're doing things over the over the TV waves or the YouTube waves. So maybe we can start seeing people anyway. That's beside the point. Uh, yeah, let's wrap this one up. Uh, we we tortured ourselves enough with everything that's going on now with all the panic and worry. Um, again, you know, go ahead. We have the merchandise that's available. Uh, feel free to check it out. See if there's anything you like. Uh, you know, be supporting the supporting the podcast here. If you haven't done so yet, sign up for the Shaka US newsletter. You know, just simply put in your email address and you get them monthly. Um, keep tuning in each week. Well, at least one more week for this season and uh, in the off season as well. But keep tuning in, and we'll bring you the latest from the Royal Blues uh, as they break. Uh, we want to thank Schalke, uh, Sports Buzzer, and some and another other places. Our friends who've commented uh, and left, left us questions. Uh, thank you for all your contributions for the podcast today. Uh, if there's anything you want us to talk about, just let us know. Tweet us at Schalke America on Twitter or Instagram. Um, lastly, you know, we want to give a shout out to our good friends at NBC for Nashville. Uh, her, the coronavirus is also pretty bad down there as well. So it's all over the South. Really. It's just really bad here in the States still. Um, but that aside, Jack, uh, where can our followers find you on social media at J M Mangan, J M M A N G A N on Twitter. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, as always, you can find me on, uh, at R underscore K H A R M A N. 
pretty much anywhere that that uh twitter facebook all that social media stuff um and you know if you guys don't know already uh we are obviously streaming on soundcloud apple Podcasts, and a bunch of a uh, bunch of streaming services but we are now on iHeartRadio. so uh, definitely go out there and check us out um if you if you like to listen to iHeartRadio, you know we're, we're there now so we're, we're, we're making our way around jack we're going around we're going around we're getting around love to see that all right folks uh until the next episode comes uh the season end pod uh we'll catch you then and if any other breaking news comes we'll be ready for that in the next pod as well so until then Shoes.